Welcome to the International Trade Minute, quick-fire trade news, where time is trade. We are your go-to podcast for rapid and concise updates on trade and law, designed specifically for busy trade professionals. Sponsored by Rydal Law Firm and prepared by seasoned trade attorneys, our twice-weekly podcast packages your essential trade updates, all in the time it takes to enjoy your coffee break. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and join the conversation with a network of like-minded professionals on LinkedIn, where time is trade, make every minute count. In today's episode, we'll cover the Court of International Trade's decision on Indian honey investigation, one-step stool classification, calls for comments on the national defense stockpile plans, and Russian sanctions busters indicted. On September 1st, the Court of International Trade affirmed a key decision by the Commerce Department about raw honey imports from India. The Commerce Department had required suppliers to report their acquisition costs for an anti-dumping duty investigation. The American Honey Producers Association and the Sioux Honey Association took issue with this approach, suggesting it was a break from past practice. They argued the Commerce Department could have used data from the National Horticultural Board of India instead. But Judge Mark Barnett disagreed. He stated that agencies like the Commerce Department have the latitude to deviate from past practices if they provide sufficient reasoning. And in his judgment, they did just that. Judge Barnett pointed out that Commerce wasn't obligated to use the Horticultural Board's data since they had already adopted a reasonable methodology. The court also shot down arguments around verifying costs from beekeepers and middlemen. Judge Barnett concluded that Commerce lawfully reviewed the data and even filled gaps using plaintiff-provided information. Further verification, he noted, was unnecessary. Another point of contention was whether Ambrosia, a supplier, failed to provide complete financial statements. The court wasn't swayed by these allegations. According to Judge Barnett, although Ambrosia's financial statements were missing some data, that data wasn't pivotal to the investigation. Hence, Ambrosia's submissions were sufficient. Lastly, Commerce clarified that any late financial statements were used solely for verification, not as new evidence. Judge Barnett stated that the Honey Associations had ample opportunities to voice their concerns throughout the proceedings, dismissing their objections. In summary, The court sided with Commerce's determinations on multiple levels, setting a vital precedent for those involved in the honey trade with India. Next, we will dive into a recently released ruling that's shifting the ground under one-step step stools, literally. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection, or CBP, has just revoked previous classifications for one-step stools made of different materials. Instead of categorizing them as furniture, CBP's new ruling aligns these stools with their constituent materials. So, plastic one-step stools are now falling under the Harmonized Tariff Schedule, subheading 39249056, tagged as tableware, kitchenware, other household articles of plastic. Meanwhile, Wooden and fiberboard stools are reclassified under subheading 44219997 or other articles of wood. Previously, CBP's New York office had classified these stools as seats under heading 9401. This follows a pattern of inconsistent rulings on this type of stool. Some plastic ones were classified differently back in 1994 and 2002, while a wooden stool specifically designed for a child got its own subheading in 2002. To give you a bit of history, 
CBP had already revisited the classification of multi-step stools back in 2018. They decided those are more like ladders, given that they're not primarily used for home furnishing, but for utility purposes. Now, you might wonder why we're not calling them furniture. CBP has an answer for that. For the record, in the customs books, furniture refers to movable articles primarily designed for home or public spaces. One-step stools don't fit this description. They're not about leisure or storage. They're all about functionality, helping you reach that top shelf or perform a task at a greater height. CBP also examined whether these stools might fit under heading 9403, which includes other types of furniture like stools and footstools. But once again, these one-step stools were found to be outliers. They don't equip private homes in the way furniture would. They serve a utilitarian purpose and are designed to be stashed away after use. So there you have it. The next time you step on that one-step stool, know that it's not just a mini ladder or an unassuming piece of furniture. It's got its own special place in the labyrinth of international trade classifications. Now, let's take a look into a key development from the Bureau of Industry and Security, BIS, that could have significant implications for the market. On September 1st, BIS made a noteworthy announcement that has caught the attention of industry experts and stakeholders alike. The agency has issued a call for comments on the potential market impact of the proposed FY 2025 National Defense Stockpile Annual Materials Plan. Let's break this down. The National Defense Stockpile, or NDS, plays a vital role in ensuring the security and resilience of the United States. It consists of strategic materials and resources that can be essential during times of national crisis, including defense production, industrial emergencies, and other scenarios that require a robust domestic supply of critical materials. BIS has taken a proactive step by seeking input from the public and industry experts regarding the proposed plan for the fiscal year 2025. They are particularly interested in understanding the potential market effects of all activities related to the national defense stockpile, such as acquisitions, conversions, and disposals. This call for comments is not merely a formality. It's a critical part of the government's effort to gain insights into how the NDS annual materials plan may influence both domestic and foreign economic landscapes. By inviting public input, BIS aims to ensure that the plan aligns with the broader economic goals and doesn't disrupt market dynamics. So, why is this important? Well, the National Defense Stockpile encompasses a wide range of materials, including rare earth elements, strategic metals, and other critical resources that are essential for various industries, not just defense. Any shifts in the stockpile management can have ripple effects throughout supply chains and markets. If you're involved in industries that rely on these materials, this is your chance to make your voice heard. The opportunity to provide input on the proposed plan is open until October 5th. Whether you're an industry insider, an economist, or simply someone interested in the economic implications of defense stockpile management, your comments can shape the future of this crucial aspect of national security and international trade. Last week, the BIS issued a temporary denial order, commonly known as a TDO, against three individuals and four companies involved in an elaborate scheme to illegally procure U.S. electronics components for Russia's military. This move comes as the world closely watches Russia's actions in Ukraine, and the U.S. government is leaving no stone unturned to prevent any unlawful support to Russia's military efforts. One of the individuals targeted in this operation is Arthur Petrov, 
a Russian-German national who was arrested in Cyprus on August 26th. The U.S. Department of Justice, or DOJ, has charged Petrov with multiple offenses, including violating export controls and smuggling controlled goods from the United States. Matthew Olson, the DOJ's Assistant Attorney General for National Security, minced no words, emphasizing the gravity of this situation. He stated that these individuals and companies were attempting to supply Russia's military with the specific electronics components needed for their ongoing activities in Ukraine. Olson added, The Justice Department will not tolerate efforts to circumvent our export control laws to fuel the Russian war machine, and those who try will find no refuge from U.S. justice. The temporary denial order and indictment were announced by the Commerce and DOJ-led Disruptive Technology Strike Force. This marks the second enforcement action by the group, following a May indictment of six individuals for attempting to illegally send sensitive items to Russia, Iran, and China. Let's break down some key details. In addition to Arthur Petrov, the denial order targets Russian nationals Zhanna Soldatenkova and Ruslan Almetov, as well as several companies, including Astrafteros Technocosmos, Ultra Trade Service, Electrocom VPK, and Jujoy Electronic. The violations in question began after Russia's invasion of Ukraine last year. The trio, Petrov, Soldatenkova, and Almatov, worked to procure large quantities of American-made and export-controlled microelectronics for Electrocom, a Russian supplier of critical electronics components to the country's military. These components are of significant concern as they have found their way into Russian military hardware in Ukraine, including guided missiles, drones, and electronic warfare and communications devices. The illegally procured items included 16-bit flash microcontrollers and digital signal processors, all subject to strict export controls for anti-terrorism reasons. A joint investigation by BIS and the FBI revealed that Petrov used Astrafteros to purchase the microelectronics from U.S. exporters under false pretenses, claiming they would be used for fire security systems in Cyprus, Latvia, or Tajikistan. Instead, he facilitated their delivery to Electrocom in Russia. Petrov, Soldatenkova, and Almatov went to great lengths to conceal their activities, using shell companies and deceptive means to route the components through third countries like Latvia and Lithuania before reaching their ultimate destination. The denial order, in effect for 180 days starting August 28th, may be renewed, and Arthur Petrov faces a litany of charges, including conspiracy to defraud the U.S., violating the Export Control Reform Act, smuggling, wire fraud, and money laundering. This case serves as a stark reminder of the critical role export control enforcement plays in safeguarding national security interests. It also highlights the length some individuals and entities will go to evade these controls. In this episode, we explored the Court of International Trade's decision on the Indian Honey AD investigation, one-step stool classification, calls for comments on the national defense stockpile plans, and Russian sanctions busters indicted. Thank you for joining us on International Trade Minute, your rapid source of trade updates for busy trade professionals, and we hope to have you back for our next episode. Don't forget to subscribe.